Imagine's Coaling Studio is where efficiency meets creativity. Our new integrated solution brings together our next level coaling algorithm along with in-app reviewing and AI editing in a single intuitive platform. Tailored for photographers who value both speed and personalized quality results, Imagine strives to enhance every aspect of your post-production process. Open the Imagine app and give the new Coaling Studio a try today. If I'm taking a photograph and I say to myself, the best version of this shot is not that great, I retire it, I just move on. I go to a next shot. Workflows is a podcast about saving you time and money in your photography business. I'm your host, Scott Wyden-Kipowitz, a photographer and content creator who struggles with dyslexia, colorblindness, introversion, and anxiety stemming from years of being bullied as a child. Guess what? Workflows have been my rock. I have workflows for every aspect of my life. That's why I am so happy to bring you Workflows, a podcast presented by Imagine. As a company dedicated to saving you time and money in your photography business, it makes sense to enhance and expand the conversation to all things Workflows. Tune in and subscribe to hear stories, strategies, and tools that can be your rock. Hear from people just like you. Get to work with Workflows. Jerry Guionis is a proud Nikon ambassador and PDN magazine named him one of the top photography workshop instructors in the world. He is WPPI's most awarded photographer and first grand master. With over three decades in the photography industry, he's known for posing, lighting, storytelling, versatility, and mastering multiple genres. I'm so excited for you to listen to this conversation that I had with Jerry. There's so many fantastic takeaways, so many juicy insights. You're really going to get to know how Jerry works in his business and with his clients. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Jerry Guionis. What's up, Jerry? How's it going? Good, man. Great to connect with you. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to just get right in with a question. I've never asked anybody this question before, but I feel like you're going to have the perfect answer to this question right out of the gate. All right, no pressure. (laughs) No pressure. Can you share one story from a job that you've done in the past where you learned a very valuable lesson directly from whatever happened that impacted your photography or your photography business? Mm -hmm. Oh, man, there's... um... There's a long, there's a long story and it's pretty painful. Probably the worst thing that happened to me on a wedding, but I can probably tell you something that's probably a, a good lesson from a business perspective that I've learned, which will directly impact the, probably our workflow conversation. So, you know, I've run a, a very busy studio here in Melbourne and, you know, at our peak, we were doing 300 plus weddings a year. And I had 15 employees. And, you know, the good thing is if I wanted to test something, new into our workflow, whether it was a business idea or a different pricing change or whatever, I would simply just do it for a few weeks and that would equate to dozens of clients. So I could really test my theory and hone my craft from that perspective, as in my business acumen and craft and everything. And Mm -hmm. I remember back in the day when no one was pre-designing albums, you know, it, it just wasn't happening. Like you would show an album, you would do what you do, but I would pre-design the album 
And I'm like, I've got a great idea. I'm going to pre-design this album and I'm not going to tell the client. I'm going to surprise them after their wedding and then I'll see if they want it. And then what happened was, so there I was, a great, beautiful relationship with a couple, a fantastic wedding day. I sit down with a couple. They booked on 30 sides. I showed them 100 odd sides. And then at the end of it, I said, it's going to be, you know, $4,000 more, whatever it was at the time. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. And I have never seen a person scorned so bad. <laughs> like it was literally like I went from the angel to the devil in minutes. And I learned a very val valuable lesson. People don't really care what they, about what they spend and what they buy or whatever. They just need to know the rules of engagement. So mm. the, the lesson that I learned back then was, you know what? My problem was I didn't tell my client that I was going to pre-design a larger album that they invested in. And that is what caused the problem. And it was very hard to win them back. I think I ended up winning them back by producing the album at no cost. But I, I, I saw it as a teachable moment for me that the fact that I did them wrong. I did not tell them that I was going to pre-design and I learned my lesson very quickly. And then thereafter, I said, oh, okay, they just need to know. Maybe that's it. And then I conditioned my clients from the beginning, before they book, when they book, after they book, on the wedding day, you know, the, the communication afterwards. And then it, it was a no problem at all. So it was very yeah. valuable for me. And I've been telling that, that story to my students. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot juicier stories, but that's probably a more... <laughs> Equatable business one that, that yeah be, yeah that's a that's a great one you learn you learn the hard way to to set the expectations and to always keep it in your clients' minds from out of the gate and 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 then you started doing it <laughs> so yeah <laughs> sometimes exactly we right. have to learn lessons the hard way <laughs> exactly right absolutely it's, it's okay yeah it is it is all right mm -hmm. so let's shift into now that we just had a very difficult topic. <laughs> Let's shift into one that I, I also know that you're going to rock this is the photographic process behind the camera. What is one thing that you do during the photographic process that has saved you time? As in when I'm photographing? Mm -hmm. yep. Setting up your lights, setting up the set, you know, posing your, 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 you know, your clients, whatever it might be. Oh, look, there's a lot, there's lots of things. I think, well, let me give you a two prong answer. One mm -hmm. is basically that I, I have a mannequin. The problem is that I actually, <laughs> I, when I moved studios recently, Sally, we call the mannequin. She lost an arm and a leg, literally <laughs> got scratched up. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I had to get rid of her, unfortunately. And we, we didn't give her a proper burial, but anyway, uh. it, once, you know, if a client is getting hair and makeup done and I'm doing an intricate lighting situation, even something that I've done before, I mean, I put the mannequin in there, I get the lighting right and perfect. And then all of a sudden, within minutes of my client walking on set, we're photographing them. So that, that has saved me an incredible amount of time. And I'm going to give you an answer now that you probably don't expect. I save time by going slower. Interesting. My, my approach to photography and working with clients is that, and I, and I've witnessed this for literally for 23 years of, of, of teaching photographers, the biggest mm. problem, apart from lack of confidence, lack of experience, lack of repetition and practice, all that kind of stuff really is actually everyone believes they have to go quick because in your mind, 
you think that your clients think that you're inexperienced if you go slow and methodical. Mm. And I just believe that people will mirror your energy. And so mm -hmm. I walk on set, I build trust, I, I, I know who I'm speaking to, I've established that trust long before the shoot ever happened. And, and I take my time and rather than, because if you've ever photographed a wedding or a portrait, you know, traditionally, you know, you will, me as a heterosexual man, I will usually fall in love with the bride or whoever's in front of me, right? Even a guy metaphorically, I fall in love with the person that I'm photographing. And what I, what you tend to do when that happens is you start taking a hundred, a hundred photographs of that person in that one scene. And how yeah. many photographs are you going to use in that album or in that piece of wall art? Three or four. How many right. do I take when I photograph someone? Three or four or five of that particular scene. So mm -hmm. for me, it's very important to encourage photographers to slow down to get to the destination quicker. Take yeah. less shots, craft them better. That energy will rub off and people will actually be left with a beautiful, enduring memory of that shoot. And the more enduring the memory, the, the more valuable it is, the more valuable it is, and people are going to pay you more. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is it's that's a very interesting approach of a, a way of a way of thinking of like slowing down means that you're spending more time positioning, prompting, posing, whatever it might be for your subject, getting your lighting right, you know, not spraying and praying. And in, in turn, you have less to call through and less to edit in the oh, post-production yeah. part of the process. Plus, you've built a very unique relationship with your client at that point by by taking that time and really getting personal with it that is well well done <laughs> i mean i mean it's important too because it, when you're photographing I, I always say look don't think about what you're selling until you take the first photograph in a new scene so right now i'm next to a window let's say i'm the i'm a, I'm a groom i'm a guy a portrait a client you photograph me i'm looking off great now, what's going to go with it? Take that first photograph, then say, what is going to go with that photograph? So I literally design the pages of an album as I shoot. If I've nailed that spread, it has to be consistent with mood, feeling, color palette, energy. Like you're not going to put boudoir with family. You're not going to put a, a, a bride laughing with her soft and, and sensual with a veil over her face. You're not going to put tungsten lit shots with the sky. So my job is to take as many shots that, that can harmonize together. And once I've nailed that spread, if I do that in two or three shots, now how do I make it look different? What, what is one thing that I can change to make her look different or a portrait client? And I'm telling you that the, it, it, the world opens up. You sell more if you mm -hmm. slow down because right. you just get to the destination quicker. So those people who actually watch me in person and online for that matter, but when they see me in person, it's like, I, don't real, I don't realize how slow you are, but I, I'll nail it quicker. So even right. though people are out of the gate quicker than me, I normally nail the shot quicker. And also I give myself permission that the shot is done. It's done. Mm -hmm. I never reach for perfection. I'm reaching for a perfect moment. I'm not after... In people's minds, oh, it's not good enough. Oh, I can't do it, whatever. I'm like, you know what? If I'm taking a photograph and I say to myself, the best version of this shot is not that great, 
I retire it. I just move on. I go to a next shot. If I right. say in my brain, the best version of this shot is a wow shot and it's, I'm going to fight to the death in half an hour to take it, I'll do it. Mm. Most of the time, though, it is a thoughtful approach. I've got an idea in my head and I've always said that, you know, creatives aren't short of ideas. The challenge is committing to one and I just commit to an idea. I execute and I'm done. I retire it, good or bad or ugly. I, I retire mm. the feeling and I move on. So I, I shoot with the the you know the 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 pain of a poet so to speak as john Bo bon jovi said in one of his songs but i i also want to sell it so you know right. it doesn't make me less of an artist it just makes me a thriving artist you know um at wppi coming up because you're this episode's airing on february 1st wppi is is around the corner will you be and then on the nikon stage uh, i'm sure you i know? will I, I always am I, I, yeah I'll, okay yeah I, I always am so i'm, I'm sure that that okay. will happen again yeah so for those listening or watching, if you want to see Jerry in action <laughs> and you're at WPPI, definitely, definitely try to catch him when he's at, at, the, at the big Nikon booth and uh, watch him. I've got a platform program as well and obviously involved mm. in other stuff. So I'm, I'm easy to find the WPPI. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, so let's, let's move on to the business side of things. You did talk a little bit about business in my first question to you, but let's, let's shift to business. And what is one thing that you do for the business side of things that saves you time or money? <laughs> this might seem like a really funny answer, but I know the business side very well. Administratively, my wife, Melissa, is just a beast at what she does. And she's given me time, more time to, to focus on things that only I can do. Mm -hmm. And so in other words, delegate stuff that you just don't need to do. Like figure out in your business, the only things that you can do. And what is that for me? I'm the driver of the business. I'm the entrepreneur. I am the I'm the creator, like I, 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 I'm me being, you know, behind the camera is the most valuable part of what we do. Therefore, yeah. I should be doing more of that. So delegating parts of the business that you don't like to do. And when I say don't like to do, we all start somewhere. Usually we do everything ourselves, but just work out, like if you procrastinate on something, it means you don't like it and you never will. So don't think something magically will change that will happen. So that has been incredible for me. Melissa's been, I mean, I, you know, I fell in love with her and life was amazing. And then I just found out <laughs> that by the way, she's just this aw awesome administrator and manager of things. And she just leaves me time to do what I need to do. Amazing. Amazing. I, I think, I know that you, you both probably don't remember meeting me many years ago. We, we shared that story when we first started emailing months ago, but I don't think I could even remember you in the US industry without Melissa. <laughs> so it's, I mean, the, the day that I, the day that I first met you in person was the day that I first met Melissa in person and I have the memory. So that's all, that's, that's all I care about. <laughs> no, that's funny. Yeah. No, I mean, every, we're, we're not, I'm, I'm no longer Jerry Guionis. We're Jerry and Melissa that, you know, right. people, pe people just know us as a team. We're, 
yeah. you know, combined we're the one person, you know, we're, we're together, we're a genius. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're coming down the hallway and, uh, you know, and, and some people are like, oh, there's Jerry. And some people are like, there's Melissa, you know, it's, it's, or some people are, there's Jerry and Melissa, you know, yeah. um, either or, way. Or people just abbreviate it. I remember our, our celebrate said, I now pronounce you Jalissa. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. It was so funny. Yeah. Oh, but, oh man, I I like the name, but then during when the when the pandemic started, we had a shift in our we had to stay at home or not stay at home. My my now five year old at the time he was two. We had like a in home childcare, and we had a change in who was taking care of him at home, and her name was Jalissa. And when the pandemic hit, she ghosted us, just left us with no. With, That's so, <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Anyway, so that's my <laughs> experience. Okay, Let, let's shift into, that's a, a teachable moment. Don't ghost your clients. So <laughs> what is now one thing you do on the editing side of things that has saved you time? Well, it's interesting. I, I you know, be, because I've been doing a lot of video production lately, there's a famous saying in that, in that industry, in that sort of genre, that the best post-production is pre-production. Mm. And... I guess I've already alluded to it that there's nothing that I do in post-production that magically saves me time short of me saying, I do not do my own post-production editing. I do. I just don't. That's fine. You know, so, yeah. so for me, what saves me time? I just don't do it. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I pay for the luxury. So let me tackle that first. So people often will say to me, well, Jerry, I, you know, you always encourage me to, to not do my own post-production then, but I can't afford to pay myself, let alone somebody else. And I'm like, well, how many hours are you spending on post-production? A week, and they say 30, 40, 50, 60 hours. I said, okay, let's say that costs you, you know, $500 to, to do the post-production per week. And I, you can't afford to pay yourself. I said, well, imagine now you've got 40, 50, 60 hours free to go there and find the perfect client, create the perfect client, shoot an image, whether it's pet photography, boudoir, glamour portraits, mm -hmm. whatever it is that you like to do, and then maximize that sale and then work on your business rather than in it. I mean, it's, you can't deny that. It's a lot of power to that. And yeah. as a sidestep to reiterate what I've already said is what makes me save time in the post-production side of things is not overshooting. I, how many times do people photograph images that they know they're going to delete or never show the client? I'm telling you yep. now, we are all terrible. We, we start shooting and digital has made us lazy. Like we're like, I'll delete yeah. this one, but I'll take it. I'll yeah. delete it. I'll, I'm not talking about taking four or five shots of a family where you know at least one of them hasn't blinked in one of those shots. I'm not talking about, you know, if it was a wedding, for example, you know, the bride coming up the aisle or event driven stuff, which requires some moments where they require multiple shots in a row. Right. I'm talking yep. about when you can control the environment. The, the best way of saving time is don't shoot things that you're not going to delete or you're not going to use. Like, yeah. you know, uh, otherwise it's a waste. No one's going to say where, like, you get a nice meal. You're not going to say, where's more of that meal? You're just going to really be satisfied with that meal. You can go to smorgasbord and, and get crappy food and it'd be cheap, but <laughs> what are you looking for? Like, you know, what are your yeah. clients looking for? So set the standard and, and condition your clients that, you know, of how you work and what to expect and set expectations. When clients are unhappy, it's usually because their expectations aren't met. So set yeah. expectations that you know for 100% certainty, Rain Halloshan, you can deliver and then always find a way to actually over-deliver. 
And I'm not saying give the house away. I'm just saying thoughtful approach to your business and the experience that will actually help them really remember you. Well said. Out of curiosity, because you did just touch on this briefly for a split second. When's the last time you picked up film, a film camera and shot film? I'm curious. The last time I picked up film was on our wedding day. I used an old twin reflex camera. Nice. And I shot Melissa and I in a mirror of our apartment. Ooh. Actually, in, we're in Melbourne near Docklands in, in mm-hmm. Australia. And it's literally just across the river there. Basically, yeah. And that was it. And people, people use film now like it's like I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fine art film photographer. And I'm like, is Novak Djokovic a, a professional, you know, aluminum tennis player or alloy? Allo- like, I don't know, man. I, I, I just... And God love everyone who's shooting with film. It's totally fine. I'm like, why? Why would you spend that amount of money when clients may not know the difference? And I, I realize that people use it as a term of endearment. I, I get it. You play a record player and it's, there's a romance behind right. it. I totally get yeah. that aspect. No problem. But if you're running a business and you can save yourself $1,000 a wedding and you're doing 30 weddings and there's 30 grand for the sake of, I, I mean, find another selling point, you know? I don't, yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it. I love the fact that I, I was brought up with film. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that I, you know, I, I've gone through that process of shooting with yes. medium format film and then 35 yep. millimeter film and then scanning those negatives and, and being digital oh, yeah. and all that stuff. And I remember like, I look at all of it and I'm like, man, I, if I could, if I could just could have started my, my career with digital, that would be my preference. So yeah, yeah it's, it's fun, but it's also fun to save money and, and not have to change rolls of film every 36 shots and miss yeah. a shot and be freaked out by it and all that stuff. And then people blink, it's your fault. Like, yeah, man, I don't know. Yeah. It's really difficult. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. Like, I wouldn't use it for clients. I um, bring, I have a, I don't know if you, if you might remember this camera. It's a Nikon TI-28. So it like, it looked like the meter on top of, it's a little point and shoot. It did have some manual controls, but on top, it's right behind me. I could grab it, but on top there's like the meter on it looks like a like a clock. It's beautiful. It's like it looks like a timepiece. There was two versions. There was a 28 and a 35. And I have the 28, so I I still load that up with 35 millimeter film every so often and just for the fun. But I can never see myself using it for client work anymore. Yeah, and, but and that's okay. I I think people that have done a some people have positioned themselves as a fine art film photographer. Mm-hmm. Okay. You find a marketing angle and you go for it. And I think that there's always that, you know, people think of it as vintage now. I I mean, people have referenced t-shirts in the early 2000s as vintage. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm a, we're relics right now. (laughs) uh, Yeah, it's quite weird. But I like to think of myself as still very young, but, you know, having a bit more salt and pepper these days and. uh, Mm, Right there with you. You know, but it's all good, man. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I like you. I also, I'm so happy. And appreciative for for getting into the industry in a color darkroom and in a black and white darkroom and going right. through the painstaking processes. And there, I have to say, though, there is nothing better than looking at a 120 film. Like, 35 is cool, but when you look at a 120, it's just, there's nothing like it, you know? Well, yeah, just I mean, it's cool. At, it's so cool. I mean, yeah. what, what is 120 scanned the equivalent of in megapixels of the current crop of cameras in most camera brands? I don't know. 
I, yeah, I, I don't no, know. no one has ever no one has ever questioned when I shot medium format or 35 mil or right. two megapixel digital camera or a 45 megapixel camera. Yeah. I think we just start talking about this stuff and, and no one really cares. It, people yeah. just care about the moments. Is it flattering? Is it a good moment? Is it tell yeah. my story, how you got there. I don't think people care as much as we do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think so either. Don't think so either. <laughs> okay. One more question until I go to another fun one. Um, what is one thing you do after a session? So you just did the wedding. You, you know, you, uh, you cold it, you, you edited it. That's all done. What is one thing now you do after the wedding is done, after a session is done that has increased business? Okay. So, well, let's go to wedding and portrait will be a little bit different. So you're saying, well, mm -hmm. you know, you're saying I've shot the wedding, I've culled yep. it. It's yep. on the You've gallery. It. It's, it's done. You, this now the increased business part could be, you know, I, more IPS. It could be, it could be something with the gallery. It could be something even beyond. It could be referrals, whatever it might be, whatever you want it to be after the session, after the wedding, rather. What this, is I mean, thing? this, this countless things, um, mm -hmm. I mean, may, let me answer it in a, maybe a different way that you expected. Probably mm -hmm. one sure. of the best marketing ideas that I've ever done for a wedding specifically is a same day slideshow at a wedding. Yes. So I would photograph the wedding during the reception, pick my favorite photographs and in between me photographing speeches and dances, whatever, I'm furiously picking the, my favorites, putting it to music and then, you know, 10, 10, 30 playing a slideshow of the wedding on the same night. Yeah. And I've probably got more referral, direct, quicker referrals from that idea than anything. I think one of my first ones was in 2000, 2001. I, I forget when it was. And it was incredible. And uh, yeah. I, I, I remember even one day I got these from photo flash drives. I had these USB drives that I give to the, to the parents and the couple on the same day, these beautiful jewelry boxes. And that's a gift that I give the, 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 the families. One, this is, well, I've only done it once, much to Melissa's horror. We got a few USB hubs, plugged mm -hmm. them all in. And once I did the slideshow, I literally you know, copied 200 slideshows <laughs> on USB drives. And as they were walking out, that was, I think that you guys call them in the US, a, a wedding favor. In, yep. in Australia, we call it a bobonietto. Like it's basically like a, it's a gift that you give that sits on the table, but that was their gift. So you can imagine, you know, a 300 wedding, uh, attended wedding is probably represents maybe 150 families and couples. So 150 families and couples walked out with this. Now, the next time they shoot their portrait and they need a portrait or a wedding, who they're going to think of. And yeah. on that drive was yeah. not only the slideshow, there was a, a, a gift voucher for a family portrait session. So we not only got weddings directly from that and they pay yeah. for the slideshow, by the way. So it, they pay for the slideshow. It's a best form of marketing for us. And then all of a sudden it opens up us up to this whole new world. So, yeah. I mean, that's that's sort of like, Bef I know you asked me the question afterwards, but I thought I'd sort of relay back the, the, mm -hmm. what we, what I believe is, has been the best marketing for me for weddings, you know, directly. Yeah. No, that's, that's fantastic. You know, we're finding a lot of imaginers because of a, what imagines capabilities are now doing same day slideshows with their photos edited in their style on whatever screen they're displaying it on, like yeah. doing it, you know, hundreds of photos in, in no time 
yeah. being able to do it the way that they want to present it and without like that extra hassle of like, okay, now I'm, I need to do a little bit of editing on these. I can't just show them as is. You could, but it'd be better if I do it, you know, this way. So we're seeing, I, I think that's an area where it doesn't immediately come into people's minds when they think, you know, how can Imagine help me? Well, there you go. Imagine can help you do same-day slideshows. So it's I think fantastic. It's, I think it's that, very clever. I think it's very clever. Yeah. I, I, I think that many, like, I'll do slideshows sometimes. Most of my slideshows that I've ever done, I don't even Lightroom them. They're straight from the camera. Like, they're, mm -hmm. they're, I don't adjust anything. They're there. It's three, four seconds per image, whatever it is, and it'll be done. But for, for someone who maybe lacks a little bit of confidence or experience and, and uses that as a bit of a crutch, like, fantastic. I think it's a perfect way to use your software. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, we're going to go to a fun one. I've been doing this to every guest since season two. So, okay. Pick a color. All right. Orange. Orange. Nice. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to make a stupid <laughs> Las Vegas joke. So you're from Las, you're from Las Vegas. I am. <laughs> I'm going to thumb through these deck, this deck. Okay. And you're going to tell me when to stop. Okay. Stop. All right. My next question to you is, you pick this, not me. <laughs> what card is it? <laughs> what is something you don't mind paying more money for? An experience. Can you give me an example? Give me an example of, of one that that you might have splurged on that was well worth it, so much fun, whatever it might be? Most concerts, I mean, obviously we're, we're in the sort of concert capital of the world there in Las Vegas and performances. Yeah. You know, I've, I love Lady Gaga and I love jazz and she's doing her Ooh. jazz and piano concerts stuff. So, you know, when it, came, when it came to buying tickets for that, like my general rule, unless it's crazy expensive, like Adele expensive, my general rule is I want to see the human. I want to see the performer with my own two eyes. I don't want to have to look at a screen because I might as well just watch it on YouTube. Even right. so, you know, I went twice to Lady Gaga's jazz and piano concert and we were in the first row and the second row respectively. And nice. best money spent because for me, it's, you know, as you get older, as you may feel or not, or not now, I turned 50 recently. So for me, you know, you, I don't have, a, I'm not having a midlife crisis. I'm, I, I have a, a renewed sense of, of joy because of my mortality. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I, I, I appreciate experiences a lot more than things. Mm. And I, I just, I don't have a problem in spending money on experiences because I, I know that that's going to, that those memories and st the, the stories that you tell about them is really what life's all about. You know, yeah. we recently bought yeah. season tickets for, for the Vegas Golden Knights hockey, you know, so for us, you know, to, 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 to see, it gives us a lot of joy and I'll, I'll, I'll spend money on that, you know, but uh, yeah. I would never pay to see a Lady Gaga, like normal pop concert, but I would 100% go see a jazz show from, with her because she uh, is an amazing singer. She is incredible. I, I, I can't even tell you. She, she literally just glided out. She just respected the genre, her musicians, yeah. the crowds. There was just such a reverence for the art form. And, you know, yeah, she's really a musician's musician. And she, she, yes. can, do it all. Yes. she can do it all. And, yeah. you know, like I said, for me, that, that uh, 
Fellow artists in different genres totally inspire me. Sports people, musicians. When I see commitment to one's craft, it really inspires me to keep on doing the same with my craft. Yes. Yeah. Hundred percent. Totally agree. Side question. Yeah. Have you or do you plan on going to the sphere? The I haven't gone. Thing. Yeah, I haven't gone to the sphere yet. I've been close to it, and because I've had friends come over and family come over, and we've gone very close, mm. and it's fun when you you know you're flying the plane and you can see it on the bottom and stuff. So I actually see it almost every day. It's really mm -hmm. cool. I'm waiting for the right experience to go see it. There is a movie that plays that's nature yeah. and all that kind of stuff. U two, I've been to U two. They're awesome. I I I saw footage of the U two concert and being up in the bleachers and seeing you know, four old white guys <laughs> and this yeah. monumental experience. I'd, I'd sort of, I think I want to see something more pop. Like if I heard Beyonce might be performing there, I think that would be more of a thing that I'd like to see a bit more bling, right. you know, like give me an experience that suits that, 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 yeah. that, that, that space, you know, in my brain. I and mean, that being said, I could, I could, yeah. I could go in, in three weeks, but I, I feel like I want to reserve that first impression with a with yeah. a really cool experience so yeah something that has more impact to you than just yeah. going to it yeah give me yeah, like give sense. me a visual feast that suits the performance does that make yes. sense like yeah. yeah not not some arbitrary things that i don't know like i said in my mind and even though people have said gone to the youtube concert said oh it's amazing you got to go and i'm like well right. i don't know like i just feel like i want to i want a like a bruno bruno mars or a well, someone he'd be good. He'd be good. You know yeah. what I mean? Something. <laughs> I think Beyonce would be would, would be killer in that venue because she's so yeah. creative. But I, I think that that would be a perfect, perfect space for her. You know, she would come up with the best. Yeah, uh, would. Best ideas. Yeah, yeah. Just be careful of, of the seats. That apparently, there's seats that are underneath, like, like a balcony row or whatever, and then you just oh, right. have no view. All oh, right. <laughs> That's interesting. So, yeah, I don't think I don't think like the Ticketmasters or whatever have like the seat view of it yet, so you can't like see what your view would look like from wherever you have to guess. So yeah, okay. Now my next question to you is a deep one. Looking at your at your wedding business, can you share from a thirty thousand foot view down? Can you share an outline breakdown of your workflow from lead to delivery? Lead as in once I get an inquiry? Yes. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah, of course. So, you know, we get an inquiry. These days, it's usually via email. The number one priority for that inquiry is to convert it into an in-person inquiry. Mm -hmm. Usually, now most of my clients are still interstate or overseas. I haven't really promoted myself locally in Las Vegas. I'm more known as probably a portrait fashion commercial photographer in Vegas. But from a wedding perspective, it's usually, you know, via, via an email. And sometimes, obviously, the question that always people always ask is always about price, you know, how much for your wedding photography? And we would often sidestep step that question with a congratulations on the announcement of your engagement. What a great time of year to get married. We are free for your wedding day. If I have any chance of not only meeting your expectations, let alone exceeding them, I'd love to meet with you and your fiancé in person or at the very least over Zoom, and if not, even on a phone call. Is there a particular time of day and, and, a, and, a, and a convenient phone number that I can call you on? Yada, yada, yada. Now, sometimes when we're crazy busy, Melissa will just send the price list and be done, like knowing that it'll put off probably nine out of 10 clients. And if they answer back, then they're serious. 
when we're not so crazy busy, then we'll try the, again, we'll, we'll go the approach of, you know, trying to get them in person. And sometimes we may give them a ballpark figure. So it depends on the time of year and how busy we are as to how we answer that email question. If they ring me, I know that I'll usually get them to a Zoom meeting or an in-person inquiry if they, in fact, live locally, which, again, is mostly pretty rare. Once we do that, they basically, you know, they book us. They'll pay 50% of the, 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 the initial booking, like whatever that total is in their mind, the collection fee. And we call that an initial investment. Basically, it means we've only just begun, you know. Uh, then from there, we, we will communicate with them and condition them. We'll, like we're creating the perfect client. We're telling them what to expect on the wedding day, what to expect after the wedding day, how, what's the sales approach and all that kind of stuff. Then we have about a pre-wedding meeting, about a month before the wedding. That's where, oh, by the way, so at this point, even on the first inquiry, even before they book me, I will ask them, what time are you thinking of getting married? And mm. I, I never, I say thinking of, as in it's variable. Then they'll tell right. me five o'clock. And then they say, well, are you doing, are you happy to do a reveal? And they say, no. And then I just say, this ain't going to work. Like, you know, if you're going to get married at five o'clock and in winter and you've got a full you know, full mass in the Catholic church, and then you want family shots, congratulations, bridal party shots, not do a reveal. It's unrealistic. I say, now that I know what your expectations are, I don't believe I can meet them, let alone exceed them. So I'm not your guy. And I've said that many times. So, mm -hmm. but what I do though is, may I recommend a timeline for you? And then I, I literally take ownership of that timeline and then say, ask them about their, their, cultural differences with their ethnicity because they could be South Asian, they could have a tea ceremony, they could be having a Greek Orthodox wedding. I find out a bit about, you know, who they are, what their expectations are, what kind of ceremony they're having. I always say partner. I never say, I never assume heterosexual. And I think that's a mistake mm -hmm. that many of us made maybe several years ago when, you know, when gay marriage wasn't legal and all that kind of stuff, whatever. We just were conditioned to say husband, wife. So, you know, those things you sort of learn. And once that happens, the good thing is that, see, most, most photographers will answer that price question within 30 seconds, and then the whole conversation won't last more than a minute. My phone calls could last literally half an hour or maybe 40 minutes, even on the first inquiry or the Zoom call. Zoom call could be an hour, an hour and a half. So, so I've taken the care, I've given them a good experience, I've shown how I nurture them, how I'm providing them with the understanding of how to bring out the best in their story, their, their legacy, mm -hmm. my input and all that kind of stuff. So now they leave that inquiry with a very strong sense of this is what it'll feel like working with, with us. So once I get them on the call, they will usually book. So they'll book 50%. We'll, we'll cover it. We go through there. Like I said, we about a month before the wedding, we'll go through all the details. I ask them very specific questions, uh, all the names and relationships. I say, are, are your parents still with us? Hashtag, are they alive? Are, are they together? Or as in, are they on speaking terms? So then I start looking at all the dynamics, the siblings, uh, the children, the, the bridal party. Then I even ask them, are there any family politics that I need to know about? So they're all important questions. So I, I gather the information and then we have a, a form that's it's a pre-wedding meeting reminders. This is where the family shots are going to be. This is the time that I'm going to get to your house. This is how you need to be dressed when I show up and so on and so forth. So no one can say to me, well, I didn't know where the family photographs were going to be. I didn't know I wasn't ready or you didn't do enough photographs. I'm like, you acknowledged 
with a signature that you were going to be ready as a bride up your your hair and makeup was completely done in a robe ready to get into your dress the groom you said that you we acknowledge that you were going to be in your shoes your shoes pants and shirt ready to have your tie and vest and jacket put on blah 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 like they they acknowledge with the signature everything that we have discussed and then the wedding day happens sometimes even the day before the wedding i'll say text them and say can't wait to see how gorgeous you look tomorrow i'll see you at this time in a robe ready to get into your dress at this address and then sometimes people say that i'm like oh my god like i my i i've changed the hotel luckily you texted me i totally forgot the address is now here so that covers your ass a little bit too and yeah. it reminds them how important it is to get ready on time to take take mm. advantage of the best story that i can tell once the wedding is done within about two weeks the you know i personally will cull the wedding I will upload it to a gallery and they enjoy the gallery for two, three weeks or so. We make a time for the album plan and that will usually be done during the day. That's really important. You will make better sales during the day. People are brighter. It's earlier. They, they're in a better disposition. Not many people are, are inspired after an eight, nine day, an hour of work in a cubicle and then an hour and a half in traffic to go to a photographer and spend three, four thousand dollars more than they originally intended. That right. was a lesson that I learned very quickly. So make the time during the day. And even if it takes a month before the wedding and you say, hey, a month after your wedding, two months from now, let's make a time for the album plan. We don't do any album plans later than one o'clock. And then, so I pre-design the album with my favorites. No, they know this. And then I pre-design the album with more sides than they originally invested in. And they know this for 100% certainty. Also referencing the conversation that we had a bit earlier about that. And then I sit with them. I show them the, you know, uh, the, the, the slideshow of the album. They've absorbed their photographs already at this point. And then I walk through every spread, selling it like it's gold. And then inevitably, I've got to tell them the price because certainly people will buy more emotionally rather than logically. And then inevitably, they're going to want to cut some sides or consolidate. We do that. And then, you know, and we end up selling a lot more than most. That's, a, that's um, so, the quick synopsis. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, it's, it's great. There's a lot of there's a lot of details in here, and I think that's a word that that fits this entire conversation really well. From from that right out of the gate, you take your time with every action you that you take with your clients. From the point of the lead has come in, you take your time and you gather and share the enough details to ensure that they're well-educated, but you're also covering yourself and having areas to reference to re and re reassure along the way. That's been a, a pretty common trend in this whole conversation, which is really interesting. And I, it, it helped me learn a lot about you as a photographer and a business owner in general, that that's, that that's the pride that you take in your work. And that's well, so, it's so interesting. I appreciate that. It's, it's funny because people think that that if you're not a great photographer, as good as a person down the street, that you can't compete. First of all, you can compete with anyone in the world by simply being meaningful. You can be a crappy yeah. photographer and be meaningful and still sell a lot. You can be yeah. a crappy photographer and have great customer service and people don't know the difference between two buck chuck or a $30 bottle of wine. So, and what I'm saying is that 
Craft is important. I'm the first one to promote craft, let alone in-camera craft. I've been doing it for, like I said, 23 years teaching photographers. So I love that. But the easiest way that you can compete with anyone, apart from being meaningful, is customer service and a, a good mm -hmm. client experience. It's yeah. not that difficult. Just thoughtful approaches to your process is... I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example, right? If, if someone, someone was to come to do a portrait session with me, let's say you're a heterosexual couple. I'll reference one I did recently. They're in their 50s, right? Heterosexual couple, they've come to Vegas. I'll pick them up from their hotel. I don't even assume they've got a car. I say, may I pick you up from your hotel? They say, yes, absolutely. That'd be wonderful. Great. So we pick them up. Now, the, and now before the portrait session, by the way, we've talked about, you know, their styling or the clothes they're going to wear and what we're trying to achieve and all that kind of stuff. Often I'm texting like some, some inspiration ideas that they've given to me. And then, and then the wife or the mother, you know, she'll basically sometimes text me dresses and even the suits that, that he's going to wear, whatever. So we, we, we make it playful and fun. Then uh, I pick them up. Then like the, you know, the, the wife, the mother, you know, she's getting her hair and makeup done. While she's doing that, we've got beautiful music playing. We've got like some beautiful cheese. We've got, you know, champagne, mimosa, whatever, whatever they want. And I'll normally ask those questions in passing during the inquiry. Like, hey, what's your favorite snack? And I'll say, what's my favorite? Like, I'm, hey, I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I'm just about to get something. What do you, what, you know, what do you like? I say it like that where I'm disguising it. Then I write it down and then I'm bringing that drink to them on that day. Oh my God, you remember? That's amazing. So they remember that more than even yeah. your great photography. And then now I'm photographing the guy in the studio, which is in eyesight of where the makeup's getting done. And what we've done in our studio, and for those who've been watching me online, teaching for years and so on, last several years, we have what we call Jerry Vision. I basically have a monitor recorder that syncs wirelessly to my to my my camera so the basically i'm recording what's in my evf so now as i'm photographing the guy the girl is watching what's in my camera as she's getting her hair and makeup done and then we've literally got oohs and ahs. Oh my God, honey, you look incredible. Now he's obviously a bit nervous and, yeah. and most guys are a bit awkward, whatever, but I'm like making him look like a badass right now. She's mm -hmm. getting excited at the thought of, of getting involved in the shoot, but she's getting hair and makeup done. But I'm nailing these shots and practically got a whole album of him before she even steps in front of the camera. And no joke, this, is, this has happened three times. I remember a guy coming in with a corporate suit, like a very you know, just a corporate looking suit. I go, dude, like she's got this dress and we talked about this, but I haven't got anything else. I said, Do you, have you got a budget of a few hundred bucks? He goes, yes, we're going for a drive. I would literally drive to the Southern outlets, which is about, you know, 10 minutes away from my studio. I'll go to this place where I know the suits are made well, but affordable. We'll pick a suit. I'll help. I'll style them. They get the hem done while we have a drink for 20 minutes, come back. <laughs> and then we come back and we're still in time to do shots of him before she gets her hair and makeup done <clears throat> at this time she's done lipstick no so we have lunch i provide them lunch so we either go somewhere or i bring lunch in then she puts lippy on then i photograph her on her own to give the guy a break then the couple and then i might zigzag and i take my time and then at the end mm -hmm. of it you know it's so what i'm saying is that we've all had a great experience and then often I will end up like, you're all dressed all nice. I said, guys, you have to go to this incredible restaurant. I said, we know restaurants that maybe tourists don't know. Can we book yeah. a restaurant for you?
And this was probably prearranged before they even came to the shoot. So now we've booked it. And if they, if we know they're, I don't know, sometimes, not all the time, sometimes I might even ring up the restaurant and pay for their dinner. Mm. And all of a sudden they've had this, they've been picked up, they've been pampered. I've helped style them. Yeah. Cheese and crackers and mimosas and beers. And we've done the shoot. We've had a laugh. We've taken our time. They've seen the photographs happening. We're conditioning and creating the perfect client and then give them a great experience. And now that's their Vegas thing. And to be honest, we haven't even advertised it, but we're sort of getting known in various circles of this is what you'll get. And I've got to be honest too, half of my clients these days are photographers because they want to experience what it's like to be pampered so they can then actually know what that experience can be like for their particular clients as well. So mm. there's, I mean, there's a lot more to it, but you know, that, that sort of gives you an idea of another sort of call you, it workflow, you know? Didn't you photograph Sarah and Dario recently? Semi-recently? Yes. Yes. I, yeah. Well, I photographed their wedding. That was pretty cool. Uh, oh, you did a full wedding too. I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah. That's I photographed fun. their wedding. I photographed Susan Stripling and Bill, mm -hmm. her boyfriend. Oh, yeah. Seen I, that. I could I could just rattle yeah. off a, a whole bunch of people yeah. that you may or may Bill, not know, but yeah, yeah. Susan was episode fifteen on the show, and Bill was episode twenty eight on the show. We just had Bill on. He had a fantastic monologue about off camera lighting myths and like debunking them. <laughs> it's fantastic. That's funny. That's so, funny. Yeah. So I we can't wrap up this show without asking one thing about AI. So I'm gonna. I'm going to throw an AI question at you. <laughs> so I know that you're not deep into the AI world, right? As I am right now, right? But sure. what does the future of AI and photography look like to you? I think it's twofold. I think companies like yours are very clever because you're helping the community get to destinations quicker. It's corrective. Mm -hmm. It's beautifying. I'm all for it. I think AI from a correction and beautifying perspective and shortcuts of doing things manually, no different than doing film and, and digital. Like it's just, a, it's a natural evolution of our industry. So from that perspective, yeah. I embrace it. Fantastic. The future of AI in terms of, you know, punching in a few words into a program and getting an image, what I can't fathom is creatives being creatively satisfied with that mm -hmm. how how on earth would you as an artist punch some words in get an image and feel creatively satisfied and responsible for that artwork i'm not saying there's not a market for it there obviously is right. i just think i think the commercial world is dying a very quick death right now like product photography and all that kind of stuff i you know, I think that's just, it's probably already dead or going to be, or there might be some niches there of photographers who can do that. In terms of domestic portraiture, as in wedding and portrait, like you've domestic photography, I think there'll always be a market for flattering and meaningful photography. But if you, yep. I'm sure even now is possible, but if you can just photograph a face from 10 different angles and then all of a sudden create a wedding album and, and a circumstance that didn't happen, how shallow? I mean, you know, yeah. and, and I get that we're living in, a, in, in, a, in that, that world where a lot of things are fake, but we're all used to seeing life through a filter and people's lives through a filter. I'm only going to share my best meal and my best holiday, and now I'm going to 
face tune my 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 face i'm gonna give you a different impression of what reality is and i think that we often dismiss a younger generation that that's all they want i think that we're already starting to see that people want truth authenticity they want yeah. vulnerability and and as you get older and like i said I, I feel like i want more meaningfulness in what i do so mm -hmm. you know whether w i'll embrace the technology for for shortcuts, again, for corrective purposes, for beautifying, even this putting a sky in, I feel a bit weird about, you know, right. because that wasn't the it sky that happened on that, on, that, on that day. Now, yeah. if you're doing a competition and they allow it or whatever it is that you do, have at it, do what you do. But mm -hmm. like I said, I, 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 I mean, I was with Rocco Ancora, who's an incredible photographer and a friend of mine, and we were talking about AI and, and you know, we both had a, an analogy of, of how we feel about it forget about as in typing in the words and getting an image back and the, he was we we're having dinner and he points to the Caravaggio book that he has on his bookshelf and he says imagine now me going to Caravaggio and saying I want you to paint a compelling dramatic portrait of an image done with a, a window light that's a little bit higher detail in the black something very dramatic blah 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 and you commission this portrait and he does this painting for you. And then you take it and you go, ah, look at me. This is amazing. This is my painting. So, and I know that the people do it. They just want to create and have fun. That's different. I'm talking about people who take ownership. So that's like commissioning, you know, Caravaggio to do a painting for you. And then he gives you the painting. And then now you claim ownership that this was your creation. Mm -hmm. And I get that people do it for fun. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about someone saying this is my artwork I, I i find i have a i have a creative problem with that you know what i mean a, an integrity problem with that and for me just generally i think ai done from that perspective i liken it to lip syncing to a karaoke singer <laughs> that's a, that's so, a, it's a good comparison it like good you're comparison. not only you're not only singing someone else's song you're lip syncing yeah. to someone else who's singing that person's song i'm like so yeah like i said i know that people will have you know, big arguments about this. I just say, yeah. oh yeah, my my personal perspective: creative, beautify, fantastic. If you want to do it for fun, fantastic. But as an artist, it, it will make you dormant. It, it'll literally make you brain dead. You know, and directing words into a, into a thing. It, it, there's a skill to it, no doubt. But that's like, you know, ghostwriting. Hey, write about write a biography about me, and uh, here's just a few notes and fill in the rest and Hopefully it's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. The like everything else, everybody has their opinions, right? On on this topic. This is why I ask because it's 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 still a very interesting and hot topic in among the industry and among the world in all industries. And I love hearing from creatives their their perspective on this because in in many ways, like you're impacted by it, right? Even sure, if it's not course. directly to you, you're still impacted because you're in the industry, right? So, yeah. So, we can all have our opinions. Of course, we can all respect everybody's opinions. Yeah, so, of course. Totally cool. Okay. Now, as we wrap this up, I would love for you to share, for anybody who doesn't know what, what the Icon Awards are, what, what, what that's about, and then, of course, where all the listeners can learn more about you, find your education, see your awesome photography and all that fun stuff. 
Oh, thank you. So, you know, the Icon Awards is just continuing WPPI's, uh, you know, legacy and passing the torch to Melissa and I in that in 2022, WPPI's 40-year tradition of competition had had been laid to rest, so to speak, even though that Melissa and I ourselves had managed it, but certainly we weren't responsible financially for it. We've picked up where they left off. We've matched everyone's accreditation and designation. And we have now started the Icon International Photography Awards. That's iconawards.com spelled correctly. And uh, it starts up with a digital submission, which has already happened for this year. The top 10 finalists are invited to enter their physical print. And that the live judging is happening at WPPI in early March, which we're really excited about. So if you can't come in person, you'll be able to watch it online. And then if you want to follow us, just make sure you, you, know, you jump on Icon Awards and follow our newsletter there or follow us on my Icon Awards and social media platforms or the Icon International Photography Awards Facebook page. So it's fantastic. There's a great platform where we critique images, where we get, give you accreditation, people publish in a, in a book, all that kind of stuff. As far as myself personally, I have a lot of educational offerings and or if people want to be photographed by me, the reason I, I just give them a simple domain, jerryjerryjerry.com with a J. People don't forget it very easily. And if you forget yep. that, go to the my bio link in my Instagram and jerryjerryjerry.com and all my upcoming workshops, seminars, digital offerings. If you want to be photographed by me, if you want to see weddings, portraits, fashion, it's all there. So all good. Awesome. You know- <laughs> In in preparation for the for the episode, I did I did pull up like your your socials for for like the podcast metadata stuff, and I saw like he owns jerryjerryjerry.com. So I of course I go to it, see what it is. I'm like, does Scott Scott Scott.com exist? If so, I'm buying it. It does not exist. It, somebody has it. I was like, this is brilliant. Even, well, it's funny because I remember <laughs> back in the days of Jerry Springer when he was sort of popularized <laughs> when that when he yeah. was massive, right? This is no shit. In my seminars, I would be I would be off stage around the corner, and then I'd I'd record this Jerry chant, and then I'd walk in and give high fives to all the audience, <laughs> and it was hysterical. I, I you know it was yeah. just this fun, stupid, tongue in cheek thing, and then yeah. just people just start chanting my name for no reasons during shoots, during yeah. seminars, or if I take a good photograph or whatever, and it's just stuck, and so. Yeah. I don't know how many years ago it was. I think 15 odd years ago. It could be more. I, I said, oh, I wonder if Jerry, 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 as in Marsha, 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 Marsha yeah. a la Brady Bunch, is available. I'm like, oh, that's good. And then I went, jerryjerry.com. That's available. So so you, you got that one too? Yeah. I haven't used it <laughs> for anything yet, but I'm like, I don't know, maybe, <laughs> maybe I might need that for something mm. else. But it's fantastic because I can just, in, in conversation, if someone is in passing or whatever, you're a photographer, oh, how do I find you? Jerry, yeah. Jerry, Jerry.com. Remember, Jerry with spelt with a J, like Jerry Seinfeld. And, yeah. you know, and they get it. So it's actually quite fun. So my encouragement to you is if you can own your name thrice. Three times or <laughs> twice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it actually has worked really well for business. So it's great. That is that is awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you so much for, for taking time to chat with me today. There was, like I said a little while ago, I learned so much about you that I didn't, re- I didn't know originally. I'm sure there's a, everybody else listening also learned a lot, so many takeaways. So I, I really, really appreciate the time and all the great details you shared. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate it too. And also thank you all again too for supporting the Icon Awards because I know you're a category sponsor. So we really appreciate yeah. that. And, and it's a cliche, but I'm telling you now for a fact that, that these awards couldn't happen the way they happen without companies and supporters like yours. So 
we yeah. appreciate your support from that perspective as well. So thank you for the time and thank you for allowing me to share some inspiration today. It'd be great. You have been listening to Workflows presented by Imagine. To hear more from Workflows, to find links to our guests, and for an exclusive offer for Workflows listeners, please go to imagineai.com slash podcast. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time.